I don't want to be categorized. I want to do things in a way that works for me and my family. And I might get that wrong. However, I want me to get that wrong. I want to trust my decisions. Welcome back to Money Making Women. This is a podcast for anyone who wants to make more money without leaving their integrity behind. I'm Ray Dodd, a money coach and mentor. And my favorite thing in the world is seeing people who have either underestimated themselves or have been underestimated by society make more money. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of Money Making Women. I am so excited to welcome Ruth Kudzi today to the podcast. I've known of Ruth for a really long time, just in like the coaching, the actually really tiny coaching world where we mostly all know each other. But our paths actually had never crossed until earlier this year on Clubhouse, which I'm not, I think you're still involved in Clubhouse, aren't you? I haven't, you are. I just can't do it. It's too much. I can't do it. It's too much. Yeah. I took a step back and I was like, oh no, we'll do like a a weekly thing for my membership. But yeah, it just feels like another thing. Yeah. You have to do. We actually might get into another reason that I'm not on there. And we might that I suspect that might come up <laughs> as we talk, which would be good. In the Christmas kind of lull when everyone was on Clubhouse, we were in a room together. And Ruth said something in that room that meant I knew I had to invite her on the podcast. I think I messaged you really quickly afterwards. And we'll get to what that was in a moment. But before then, if you don't know who Ruth is, she's a business mindset coach and a coach trainer. I have to say, you've got the best about page I think I've ever seen. It's a joy. Uh-huh. I like to really get to read about people in quite a long form. And then I like clicked on something and more came up. I was having a right, a lovely time before this. So check out Ruth's Good. About page. It's really like meaty. It's inspired me for when we're rewriting mine and it's inspired me for that. So your business started, what did your About page? I think it's, you said 2015, am I right? 2015? Yeah, I always find it difficult. Like when did your business really start? Yeah. 2015. On my daughter's first birthday, I made the decision to start it, but right. I didn't get my first client until April 2016, so five years ago. So I, I kind of call it April 2016 because I basically didn't do much between deciding to start it mm. until then. I nice. was a little bit of a like, mm. yeah. So you're about a year ahead of me, I think, in business. I think I was, Okay. I never know the year. I, I, I can age it by my youngest child and he's five. So it's around five oh, years. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, started in 2015 and you're set to make a million in revenue this year. Yeah, so we hit a million in sales, but we're going to make a million in revenue. Very exciting. So obviously we're going to be talking a bit about what shifts happened because from yeah. what I've heard you say, and I'll let you talk more about this, it sounds like there was a real shift last year that kind of has sped that like you you've had a bit of a leap a bit yes yeah Yeah, definitely okay cool so before we get into the kind of the beginning questions can you tell us a bit about how you came to do what you do yeah I guess okay back 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 I when I was at school I was really interested in psychology and I went Mm. off and studied psychology and business at uni and then I kind of fell into recruitment, but really wanted to do more of the kind of psychometrics and stuff. Never did. Then I was like waiting to be picked. Mm. Don't know why I was never picked at netball. So I don't know why I thought I was going to be picked, <laughs> at, picked at that. No one even knew I wanted to, to be. And then mm. I went into education and I was a psychology and business teacher. And I became a deputy head and assistant head teacher. I actually was on a training scheme to be a head teacher. Right. I got lots of coaching. And through that, I was like, I want, that was 10 years ago. I want to be a coach. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, how do you become a coach? I was looking at the people around me who were coaches and they'd been head teachers. So in my head, I was like, okay, I need to become a head teacher, even though I know 
from being coached mm-hmm. and doing all of this, I want to be the coach. That's the route that I see. And it's all about what you see, isn't it? So I was like, okay, yeah. I need to be a head teacher and then I can coach. Mm. And I was like, well, the only place I can really coach is in education because that's been my experience for the last, it wasn't even that long, maybe seven years at that point. But so then coaching was becoming really, really fashionable in education. I did lots of coach training. I then put myself on lots of courses and I did loads and loads of free coaching. I actually spent my summer before I had my first daughter in Nottingham coaching people, coaching future head teachers as part of the organization I've mm. been in. And I remember even you know when you do your birth plan which I know a fantasy anyway <laughs> doing my birth plan and it was I was I was 37 weeks or something and I was like well the closest ho- hospital to me here is whatever one in Nottingham I don't know what my he wasn't a, my husband then he was my boyfriend but I don't know what he was thinking so I'm like oh yeah it'll be fine I've got my overnight bag here I literally had no idea about hey, what's like having a baby you, as well you didn't li- did you live in Nottingham no I lived in no Nottingham. you were- <laughs> I was like, I'll go up to this. Um, Wow. And actually I did loads of training and stuff. And I remember being, as soon as I went on maternity leave, I was like, this is a great opportunity to see Mm. stuff. Like my daughter's still in nursery. And I remember like going to things and being like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like 30 weeks pregnant when I was like 34. Because I thought people might be a bit scared if they knew how pregnant I was. So then, yeah, it, it was after my, so my first daughter, I was doing all of the training, all of the stuff. Went on maternity leave with her, didn't really do anything, was really scared, didn't really understand online. I used to be on Twitter. I had like a blog on Twitter, which I think maybe five people read, but that could have just been me clicking on it five times. <laughs> and then after I went back to my second, I was like, right, this is this is how I'm going to make it work. So first of all, I didn't really have a clue. I just, mm. I, I knew I could coach and I was a qualified coach and I knew all of that, but I didn't really understand about the online world. And I made it into this like different world, like completely different. Mm. And people talk about it like that now, don't they? They're like, yeah. the online world as if it's like Narnia or something. Yeah, yeah. is isn't. No, I think the online world is more real to me than the actual world now. Like yeah. I so live, and Denise Duffin Thomas tells that joke. She's like, if you looked at my address, it would be Instagram, like Instagram Road, Facebook. <laughs> like I just totally live there. Yeah, but it does seem very other to a lot of people. It does. I started doing confidence coaching for mums. I had a group mm. called Career Change Mums, yes. and that's basically what I did for nearly the first year. And it was so ironic because I only did that because I wasn't really confident in doing more. And I saw all of these coaches who coach coaches. Mm. And I was like, this smells like a bit of an MLM. This Mm. smells like a pyramid scheme. And I don't know if I want to be involved in that. And then over time, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, of course, there are those people that are coaches who coach coaches who are basically full of, you know, hot air. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the reason that coaches coach coaches is because coaches realize that they need that support. So it actually makes sense yeah Uh, but yeah I did think it was a bit of a crazy scheme to begin with that comes up so much doesn't it people often say to me oh there's a pyramid scheme of coaches coaching coaches and I totally agree with you that sometimes yes that can there can be some of that but actually I wonder if it's one of the reasons the coaching industry has thrived is because we value coaching like Mm. we get we get it we get that but we need that support and we're doing that stuff yeah it makes total sense the thing you said on Clubhouse if I bring us back to that Okay. You said that, and I can't remember what, how it came about, but you said you were talking about how your business had shifted over, over, mm. like, over the last year. And you said, everything changed when I stopped trying to do, and I'm totally paraphrasing, but I stopped trying to do it in the way everyone else did it. And I did it my way. Yeah. yeah. 
And I was instantly like, bing, bing, bing. I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> and that's why I love having a podcast. It's like, I'd like to talk about that yeah. to that person about that. Well, I guess, first of all, what were you trying to do that wasn't working? I think I was trying to do all of the things. Even right. being in Clubhouse is an illustration of that as well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think, and I, I was listening to too many voices. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people over here are saying, do this. Some people over here are saying, do this. And you're like, oh my gosh, well, I have to do everything. Or, and what I really, what I really realized is these people don't have the same experience as me. And when yeah. I looked at the experience that I had, it made such a difference. And I honored that experience. I was like, actually, I've got all of this education experience. I've got all of these things that I've done that are really relevant. And when I first started my business, I was told, don't tell people about your qualifications. It will intimidate you. Your clients won't want to know that. This and this and this. And I really took it on board. And I realized that I was dimming my light because, yeah, for some people, they might not like that. They're not my ideal clients. And I think that I was thinking, okay, I need to do this and this and this, mm. and I need to work in these ways and everything needs to look shiny. And, and I never was able to live up to that. I've got two young kids. I'm not a very shiny person. And I think another part of it as well was this whole online, there can be this whole thing where it's like people are so eager to, to put people into camps and to kind of categorize mm. people. And actually I was like, I don't want to be categorized. I want to do things in a way that works for me and my family. And I might get that wrong. Yes. However, I want me to get that wrong. I want to trust my decisions. Mm. So I think that for me, there was a massive part of trusting decisions. Mm, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, I love that. Okay. And so what did you um, what did you shift into? Like, was that like an accumulative moment or was it like a bit of a light bulb? Like, oh, what am I doing here? So I think COVID helped it. The amount of time I could work on my business was massively reduced. So yeah. that definitely helped it. And it helped me to really think about where I wanted to go as well, which mm. sounds weird. And I was like, okay, well, what can I, like, what do I really think is the thing that's going to make the difference? And I was like, I could stay doing business coaching. I had a successful business. I was making multiple six figures since 2017. So three years mm. and I could have scaled that, yeah. but the training excited me more. And I was mm. like, why am I doing what I think I need to do in this, if I can do something that I know I want to do over here. And I think that was a big, a big shift as well. And I did loads of energy work last year Mm. and that really helped me just trust myself because I think what had happened is I got everybody else's voices in my head and I didn't know whose voice to make sense of. And it's so funny because we say work with coaches, work with mentors. Yes. Also, listen to yourself first if it doesn't feel good don't do it and I think that was one of the biggest lessons I learned yeah and I think also work with coaches who help you to trust yourself who help you to hear your instinct not all coaches not knowingly necessarily but not all coaches do that and there's a space for that there's a space for that kind of strategy help absolutely but some coaches I've heard so many coaches say just do what I say and you'll be fine yeah and it's not true and how can you ever do like how can anybody really know what's best for you because they don't actually really know who you are your background your experience they know a snapshot yeah so I think a lot of this is about 
you actually taking ownership of all of your strengths. And I think that was a massive thing for me because I I did compare myself to other people online. Mm. I did look at people and I did that, you know, even at the beginning of last year, I was like, I'm going to have a six figure launch. And I didn't. And then I remember thinking, oh, I'm never going to have a six figure launch. It's never going to happen for me. I've had two now. I think I think I've actually had three now. I think I'm in. I think this one that is just starting is actually already into six figures. So, yeah, now I'm like now I don't even know. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, oh, I'm never going to get to that. And and like, oh, I need to be like this or I need to be like that. Or and actually it was really refreshing to just take a step back. Mm. That is so interesting because I keep describing it as breathing in to breathe out. I'm yeah. totally doing that at the moment, just being like trying to step back and being like, okay, what are you really doing? <laughs> like, why, why do you want to earn that money? Why yeah. do you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was? Because you still run both sides, right? You still run the business coaching and you have, mm-hmm. what's it called? The Kudzi, what's your coaching school called? Cool. At the moment it's called Kudzi Coach Academy. It yeah. is hopefully going to be changing its name very, very soon. We're just waiting for the trademark to go through. So yeah, I still run both sides. Mm. And that has been a big experience. The coaching is where it always was. So yeah. remember, imagine if you're running one business, and that mm. business is relatively successful. And then you add on another business, which now is generating more income than the first business. And so we've had to do a lot of growth in, in terms of yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that. I'm so interested in that. Because I think, uh, I think it's hard. It's hard yeah. to let go and it's hard to find the right people. Mm. And I think that now we're pretty much there. I realized that I want to recruit people who share the values of the team, also recruit people who've got the right skills. And what I was doing is I was getting a values match, but not always a skills match. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it's a really, it's so personal, isn't it? When you're, it, you are your business and yeah. you're running like and you're the CEO and, and the visionary and all of those things it's so personal especially when you have lovely people working for you it's hard isn't it when people are lovely but then yeah. if they're not delivering you have to take a step back and be like okay I have to think of this as a business because I have to think of it as a business because it's not only my mortgage that's getting paid about this it's other people yeah. and people have invested in the business so we have to give them a, a certain quality of service and that is really important to me and so therefore you can kind of make those decisions that are less personalized it's still difficult yeah and I love what you say there because I'm really big on never taking for granted people's investment in me yeah like really like being grateful for it but also like you say like delivering not that I get it right all the time but delivering the best service I can and you're absolutely right when it comes to our team seeing it as part of that is so that's such a lovely way to look at it yeah the right people like having the right people in the right positions is really really important Mm. if you don't have the right people then you're just always going to be chasing your tail always and what what you really want is you want to make sure that the people that you've got not only buy into the vision that you've got for the business Mm. also have the values and they also have the skill set to really support you and does that really feel like a key part as to what's kind of expanded your growth this year, the team aspect? A hundred percent. Yeah. The team aspect has massively had a massive impact because if the team hadn't grown and if I didn't have the right people, there's no way that I would be able to free up the space for me to actually think and make decisions. And for me making the right decisions, it all comes down to you being able to actually be really clear on what the vision is 
and actually take action on that vision. And if I didn't, if I wasn't able to do that because I didn't have the headspace, it would be, it would be a very different experience. Mm, yeah, that's so good. So yeah. good. And I, I know what people are going to be thinking when they hear you talk about team straight away. Well, I, I think this is what they'll be thinking. So a lot of people will go, oh, well, that's all right, but I don't have enough money for that yet. Did you feel like, I know that this is a kind of relative thing, but was there a leap aspect in terms of growing your team? Like, was there a kind of trust that if I spend this money on my team, it will allow me to make more money? Did that happen? Or did you feel kind of secure in it? Yeah, and also, actually, there was a little bit of, wait a second, I'm paying this much on contractors. I want someone that's all in. Mm. Because what I found is, and what... A lot of people will talk about like, get VAs, get VAs, get VAs to do this, get VAs to do this. Great. But if your VA is working for five other people, you're never going to be their priority. Mm. So actually, it's not just about getting VAs. It's about getting, I think, getting permanent members of staff mm. who are committed to your team. Yeah. That is more important than anything else. Mm. Because otherwise, yeah, otherwise you get people who are not necessarily the right fit. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we talk about, I often think this, you talk about we, I like, I'll talk about my team sometimes as we, there are we with somebody else as well. Mm, <laughs> like not yeah. just with what I'm doing. At the beginning, that's fine. Because yeah. at the beginning, you can't pay for someone unless you've got investment from outside. You mm. can't pay for someone to be a full-time member of staff. Yeah if you don't have that investment Mm. when you grow you need someone that you can rely on and I think that's much more important having that person that you can rely on really important and do you do you mentioned the kind of philosophical kind of alignment bit in terms of when you get team members on do you do any kind of training them in your way of thinking about stuff or have you just found that's quite a natural alignment we have we are starting to so we've realized that's another thing that we can do more yeah yeah I think that's something I think about a lot because I know that the way that I approach money and think about money and all of those things are quite different to a lot of things but it's a bit of a problem because it's often all exists in my head so being able to communicate that I think is so important but it's more time isn't it as well it's not just an investment of money a team it's an investment of your time as the person in charge yeah and the thing is you then have to think about how your who's going to manage your team who's going to be responsible for their development because that's another massive piece Mm. and I've managed teams before like I've been managing teams for a long long time so appreciating and understanding that you're managing them and that this is your responsibility but also who else is going to be there who can support you makes a big big difference yeah 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 nice so it sounds like one of the main things that shifted was had you had the idea for the coaching training stuff for a while I've had that idea for years so I did lots and lots of different coach training Mm -hmm. and what I found is I've got a degree in psychology and management and the postgrad in psychology is lots of it was really basic and I remember talking to people who ran some of the training and saying this needs to be updated like and they were like no it doesn't we're making loads of the basic premise was we're making loads of money and for some of them it felt like and no one will ever know who it is we don't really care whether people become coaches or not we don't really care if they set up their businesses because ultimately we sell training and so they can Mm. either do it or they can't and I really felt like there was a big change I also did a postgrad in coaching so I did lots and lots of different training and I just thought there's a massive gap and 
what I was finding as well is lots of people were coming to me and they had done other training and they're like, well, we don't know how to start a business. They yeah. didn't know even those basics like, okay, you know, what social media platforms, like how do I set myself up on social media? How do I do this? How do I do that? And I think that was a really, a really big experience as well. Yeah, I think that's another reason, you know, we talked about the kind of feeling that people have by all coaches are being coached by coaches. Another reason that's happening is because the most of the training programs don't, they put out these coaches who are accredited, but they don't know what to do next. They're really floundering a lot of them. They know that there's possibility out there. Yeah, but they don't know how to start it. Yeah, they know there's possibility. Yeah, they see other coaches. I went to one coach training and I remember them having lunch and I would never have lunch with the people there because they used to sit there talking about how coaches didn't make money. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to spend time with people who are talking about that. At the time, I'd actually only done that course to get ICF accreditation and then found out that that course wasn't sufficient to get ICF accreditation. But I was like thinking, well, if these many people think and believe that they are not going to make money running coaching there's like a bigger there's like a bigger kind of issue and I think a lot of it was because they didn't give real examples they didn't actually help people think about okay well this is one way you could do it this is another more broad Mm. and general and also the coach training school didn't see their role as helping people to do that because they were kind of like they just did the training and I think that the issue that you've got when it's vocational, I mean, I don't know. Okay, so if you're a hairdresser and you're learning to be a hairdresser, they encourage you to get experience at hairdressers. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like you're learning a new skill. So get experience, build up your hours, build up your confidence. Mm-hmm. And lots of places are saying, well, you can't charge until you're qualified, and then people don't charge ever. Yes. Yes. Ever. What's your thoughts on that in, in not charging until you're? accredited or qualified what would do you like it do you leave up to your students I say to all of them it's up to you what you want to do Mm. however what I would recommend is that you really consider when you're going to start getting people to pay for you yeah and I would say like if if you're a brand new coach wait until we've done three modules bear in mind that three modules is more than a lot of the other courses offer Mm. I think that is 13 lots of four so it's about 50 hours over 50 hours so we've done 50 hours of training but also within that they would have done at least 15 hours of coaching if not more so then I'm like okay so then you've got the skills you've got some experience you don't need to start charging a thousand pounds an hour maybe you start charging 25 pounds an hour so it's about building up your skills Mm -hmm. so I say to people do it when you feel ready but don't put it off so if there are people who've done the coach training and who are yet to charge and near the end I will have a discussion with them about why so for some Mm -hmm. of them it might be that their why is because they are working in a job full-time and then they don't want to tell their job that they're doing this qualification okay that's all right that's fine if they want to go into being a coach, they're going to have to think about that. So yeah, that's okay. Although some of them do donations to charity, which also works. Yeah. Others, it's like, okay, so what is really going on here? What is stopping you charge for your time? Mm. If we know anyone can be a coach, and we see those things like become a coach in five minutes. Yeah. Then, you know, you have to kind of say to people, what is going to get you into a position where you are coaching? Mm. Yeah. I love that. Nice. Over the last year, as you started to be like, okay, I'm going to do things my way. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to listen to all this noise anymore. I'm going to really like hunker down, trust myself. That's obviously led you to earning more money. 
Mm. Was there a mindset shift or whatever you want to call it shift where you were like, I think I can earn a million or was it more or bringing a million to the company? Was it more of a like, let's not worry about the exact income right now. Let's concentrate on what I'm doing. Yeah, it was more of that. Actually, let's let go of this obsession Mm. with income and let's really look at what I need to do, how I want to be. Like, so the income thing, bizarrely never really inspires me Mm. however what does inspire me is when I think about all of the people that I can impact yes yeah massively inspires me yeah so that's where I go to I'm like okay so how many people can I positively impact Mm. that's so interesting you said that I have been really inspired by the income in the past Mm -hmm. because it felt like a it felt exciting yeah but then it gets to a point where it's just the same like when you earn your first a thousand in your company it's super exciting and then you get used to it and then it's five and then it's 10 and then it's 15 and like grand a month or whatever and and you're like this is really exciting and then it's not and so you have to keep chasing that feeling which just means getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and I think I've seen I know you will have done as well I've seen like businesses grow and grow and grow and then just fall over Mm. because they don't have what the infrastructure, the team, like you were talking about behind them and they're chasing the money goal, but there's nothing, it's not, there's nothing underneath it, but there isn't the scaffolding it needs underneath it. Yes. I think that having that scaffolding is a really, really important thing to have and understanding like, so when you're looking at people, like you're thinking, okay, so I'm going to run this training. My stretch goals have 90 people signed up. So if we have 90 people signed up, what do we need to have underneath that? Like who's going to be responsible for this? Who's going to be responsible for the customer service? What do we need to do differently? Mm. Like how can we make sure that this works? And all the time we're looking at the, what we're doing in the business and like, okay. And a couple of times actually last month I was testing stuff and I'm like, "Mm, that didn't work. And you wouldn't have known if you were a client that it didn't work, but I was like, "Mm, that didn't work. So what I need to do is I need to take a step back and think, okay, how can I make this work? How can I make this easier for the people who work for me? And how can I make it seamless for the people who are my clients? Because that's the two things. It's It's the people who are the clients making it seamless, but it's also making like having that process for the people that are there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think, and we might have actually already covered this, but what do you think has been your biggest struggle in making more money? I think part of it is that belief that it's possible. Definitely. Mm, My family has done this. You know, my friends who, you know, one of my friends is a corporate lawyer. I remember her saying, well, now you're earning as much as me in terms of your income. So definitely, and then it's like, well, who am I to do that? Like, I'm not a corporate lawyer. I didn't. So it's definitely been that part. And I think it has been in actually really getting to know the numbers and understanding, okay, this is what I need to do. And this is when I need to do it. Yeah. Because this is the thing, isn't it, with running a business? It's like big goal and small, like the macro and the micro stuff. But it's the big bit and the small bit. Like, what's the big vision and what's my next step? Yeah, what's the big vision? What's my next step? Who do I need to support me? Like mm. all of those things are really important. Mm. So all of those, it's kind of like, okay, let's let's look at that as well. So you mentioned the impact on the people um, who take your courses and work with you. Yeah. What is it? Why? Like I, I'm a really big believer in not earning money for the sake of it, but thinking about why. So what's the why for you behind earning 
you know, higher amounts of money. Do you know what it is? I really believe that coaching can be transformational for people. Mm. I believe it can be transformational for everybody. So for me, the big driver is I want people to feel better. Like I spent years not feeling good. So I want people to feel better. And if people feel better, then I believe everyone's lives are going to be better. Mm. And that doesn't mean they have to feel good the whole time, but coaching just gives you those tools. And one of the most powerful things about teaching people coaching is actually when you teach them coaching, they then can use the skills on themselves. So then they're able to self-coach. And then that means that they can have these powerful these powerful kind of experiences mm, yeah yeah I think all people but everyone I speak to involved in coaching we're all kind of we just love that epiphany moment that yeah. moment where we go oh it's oh yeah it's amazing yeah, like oh okay so I don't have to I don't have to think that I could never make that money because mm-hmm. nobody in my family did or I don't have to accept that this is going to be my reality because it has been my reality. Mm-hmm. And I think it, that it's really important that, you know, coaching, it, it can change people's lives. And we hear this the whole time, but it's not that glib. Oh, it changes your life. It's that, that actually it does change your life. Cause when you change how you think and feel about yourself, everything changes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it's constant. It's a bit like you saying about when you did that coaching course and you couldn't, you didn't sit with the people at lunch. There are bits of it where you're like, ah, I can't just innocently sit with people complaining anymore. <laughs> I just sit there going, oh, why are they so, why are they being so negative? What's going on here? Okay. Yeah. So you've mentioned your family before, like what's the impact on you as you like, as your business is uh, more money and as you've passed, I presume what you were earning as a teacher, like what's the impact being on your family? I think it's meant that we've got more choices. So we are moving to a different area. So we're moving to a, a brand new area, actually. We currently live in South East London, yeah. but we're going to move to Essex. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do that and make that decision and get the girls into a school that we're paying for, which gives them more options. We were able to make that decision and we wouldn't have been able to do that before. Yeah, I think for me, it's a lot of it is about, it's choices, like you say, which leads to comfort. Like one of the things I want for people is for them to be able to, similar to you actually, like I want them to be able to be themselves. And when we are worried about surviving and worried about how we're going to pay for stuff, that's a lot of energy that goes to that. When we're worried about surviving and when we're really in that energy, it's very difficult to move forward it's Mm -hmm. very very difficult when you're in survival and it's all about your basic needs being met to actually start thinking about your vision and your and your strength and being in flow because all Mm -hmm. you're thinking about is how am I going to make this money yeah absolutely I wonder as well I don't know if this is true for you but I feel like I'm going through a similar I'm in an earlier stage of the transition you went through but my business was born out of an emergency like we had no money and so I created this business so I was like I have to figure out a way to get us some money like we had literally nothing because of some yeah. stuff that had gone on everyone can listen to the episode of my podcast where I talk about that the death episode in case anyone wants to know but I think often we can stay in that emergency mode even when we do get our business into that stage we we don't realize that we can take that step back that we can assess it I was talking to somebody about this the other day and I always used to have this money story where I've always been able to earn money so I've been working since I was 13 I'm now 43 that's 30 years And most of my life I've been working, like even like I go traveling to Australia and I get a job there straight away. And everyone would always say like, Ruth can get jobs at a drop of a hat. So I could always work 
I always spent that money always mm. and that, I mean I had a, I had a flat so I bought a flat when I was really young so I was able to do that big thing but yeah. the little things and I think you can get like that in your business like you can grow a business and I know people who've grown a business you know to seven figures and they're paying 80 grand a month in expenses and I was like I don't want to be there like that is a really really scary place mm. to be like you know then okay so you've got 20 grand leeway which sounds like loads but when you're when you're running a business at that state at that size you you want to give yourself more leeway yeah it's just space to breathe and space to do those things yeah absolutely okay so, yeah it's the same it, yeah you're just creating another thing mm. yeah what do you wish you'd known maybe like 18 months ago even that you know now oh my god get better support mm. full-time support and i think also be okay to to do it your way mm. Be okay yeah. to sometimes take a step back and, and really think about what you want and why you're doing it because yeah. you don't need to do the same as other people. You don't need to. And actually one of the things that I did is I unfollowed loads and loads of people online. Like I hardly follow anyone. I follow mm. people that are kind of peers if I like them and get on with them. Mm. And I just don't follow people. I'm just not, I'm not interested. So all of these things that happen online, like these blow up things, I never really know about it. No, that is a really great place to be because Mm. energetically, all of that takes up your time and your energy Mm. and you just don't need to. It is. It's that whole thing about staying in your lane. Yeah, I have a print. I have a tea towel that says in my own lane. Yeah, about to go up on my wall because I had a very similar realization. I can't remember. I should record a podcast on this, like a solo episode if I haven't. But where I just realized that I was looking for people to be doing things the way I was doing. And, you know, you said earlier, like it's hard without examples. It is really hard. And I was just kept outsourcing, I guess, my ambition to these people. And then I kept finding out that they weren't doing it the way I would do it. Well, of course they're not because <laughs> they're not me. And it was yeah. a real, I bought that print, that which is a tea towel, to, because I was like, Ray, you have to remember this. You have to do it your way. Stop getting tangled up in what everyone else is doing. And you could spend your whole life looking at what other people are doing. Yeah. Really, you only see that top of the iceberg about what they're doing. You don't see what is underneath. You don't see how many people are on their team or what's failed for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. You see their successes. You don't know what it looks like from the back. And so I think it's really just look at what is actually happening in your business not anybody else's business yeah so I'll have clients say to me but Ray I did that because you did it and I'll be like but but I stopped doing that quite quickly because it wasn't working like you said when you've tried things like it actually didn't work doing that I shouldn't have done it but they've done it because they've seen me they think things are working for me and then we end up in a situation where we're all copying things not copying but you know like yes we'll do this but being inspired by things that actually aren't even working for people Oh my gosh. And that is, that, that makes me laugh because I remember somebody um, copying like my first website, my first, um, they copied a lot of the stuff from my first website. Mm. And what they didn't know is the day that they went live with that was the day that I changed it because it wasn't working. <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, this person. And I felt like sending them a message saying like, this wasn't working, but I think people get so into it. So it comes back to that trust. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, if I trust myself, yeah. like if I trust myself. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. such a huge thing. And it's, it's, it's been, pro- that's probably, like I asked you what your biggest lesson was. Like, like I think that was my biggest lesson 
of the last year to 18 months has been really learning mm. you know because we've got this the internet's so opinionated like you go on and there's someone going you know stop doing this and you think oh my god but I do that and then you think but it works really well for me so it's fine oh and do you know last year in COVID it was the worst like so because yes. I, I teach about personality styles as well so some people were saying just take action for those people like that's the lens that they see in the world so when they have a problem their reaction is to take more action that's actually how I yeah I when there's yeah. when under stress I'm just like I'm just gonna yeah. do more and more and more and then so, sometimes you're like what am I doing I don't know I'm <laughs> doing this and then on the other side there were people who were saying slow down listen mm. what makes me laugh is there's people saying oh you see all of these shouty coaches well I think you should and I'm like yeah but you're the same. Yeah. You know, actually, let's appreciate what works for me does not necessarily work for anybody else. Absolutely. Let's oh. be really like honest about this. Absolutely. You know, oh, that drove me mad <laughs> in that part. Yeah, because... It's like there's this kind of tittle-tattle, like, well, the way I'm doing it is best. And the way I'm doing no, actually tune into what is going on for you. Just taking action without really thinking about it that's not great mm -hmm. and then just taking a step back is not going to work we're all a balance so play to your yeah. strengths but also be aware that some of those strengths are about you recognizing and having the self-awareness to realize they can be overdone yes action silence anything it was quite amusing sometimes because you would literally be sitting there going like like what is going on with people <laughs> i also felt like because i'm the same as you i'm an action taker and then there was a point in the summer I think where I kind of like was, oh my god I'm knackered and then yeah. it felt a bit like there was like a baton pass where the people that had pulled back and rested they were ready to start doing again and I noticed this kind of exchange with some of my clients where they were like my, some of my clients were like I think I can come back now and I was like I need to rest out yeah it's like a really lovely balance of when we're all doing our thing when we're in our lane taking up our own space then we don't get in each other's way yeah. in the same way because we're doing our thing um, and it leads to that balance. Thank you for so much for all of that. It's been really, really interesting and really useful for me. I'm like scribbling notes yeah. um, <laughs> for myself. Also, I always do a quick fire round at the end. So I've just got like a few questions to ask you. So the first question is, finish this sentence. Money is? Freedom. Yeah, that's, that's normally my answer as well. Favourite book you've read recently? And it can be, it doesn't need to be a business uh, book. It can be anything. It's Think Again by Adam Grant. It's amazing. Oh, I keep looking. She, he was on. Everyone knows that I'm a big fan of the Brené Brown podcast. He was on that, wasn't he? Yeah. That? Yeah. I need to. Yeah. He's really. Yeah. He's really smart, and he, I like it because he talks about the fact that great leaders can change their opinions. Mm, yes. I was like, mm, I like that because I change my opinions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and there's so much pressure online to get it right all the time. And oh. actually, someone said that to me a while ago. They were like, integrity is changing your mind and acknowledging mm. that you've changed your mind. And I've kept that. Like, oh, I yeah. think that all the time. Yeah, because um, actually you change your mind when you get new information. So yeah. anyway, I hope I haven't spoiled the book. <laughs> <laughs> is that all we need to know? <laughs> No, that isn't. It's great. Uh, the other thing that I love about that is the guy, there's one of the guys on the back that does little reviews and he is from my hometown. And so to see someone from my hometown endorsing a book at that level, I think he's got the Obamas or Oprah Winfrey, you know, all big hisses on the back. I'm like, hmm, okay. This is again evidence that people from my hometown do well. Yes, I love that. The impact of women making money is transformational. Okay, this is a slight gear change. I'm not going to lie. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life and it can be a dish, 
rather than a <laughs> an item what would it be oh my god it has to be pasta like <laughs> it has to be <laughs> Love that. I think we do anyway. And the best bit of money or business advice that you've received slash can remember. Oh my gosh. I think money, it's about actually knowing your numbers. Mm-hmm. Know and understand your numbers because there is power in it. And I've yeah. got no idea who told me that. Probably mm-hmm. my mom. I love hanging out with my money now. Mm-hmm. And I would say as well on your point about team, because I know some people hear that and go, oh, but I can't, because that would have been me. Mm-hmm. But I've outsourced so much of that mm-hmm. now and it was one of the first things I outsourced I've got a bookkeeper I've got like someone who does the like even the receipts before they get to the bookkeeper because I'm not good at that but now I get to hang out with my spreadsheets that other people create and yeah and then you can look at it so it's yeah. not always about you having to do the work sometimes it's about somebody else yeah. doing that work so then you can access it properly yeah. Yeah, the apps make it so easy. Like I'm always in my Stripe account and I'm obsessed with my Starling business account. I always say that Starling is the only sponsorship I'll probably ever do if they should want to. I'm over it. I've convinced people who I don't really know over the phone to switch to Starling because it's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amazing, Ruth. Thank you so much for giving us your time and chatting through all of this stuff. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money Making Women. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd share about it on Instagram or if you could kindly leave a review. Both of those things are really amazing ways to support what we're talking about here. And you can, of course, find me on Instagram. I'm Ray underscore Dodd. And also in my free Facebook group, which is called Money Making Women. I'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.